Hello, everyone. Welcome to Editor Knows Best. My name is Kataira Poland. I am the creator and hostess of Editor Knows Best, the podcast you're tuning into now. And we speak directly to current and aspiring authors and writers, as well as other literary professionals. And the show airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can listen on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And today we have a very special guest. I'm excited to welcome her. She recently published her first book, I Belong Here. Um, it is for women to uncover their weaknesses and also um, in their businesses and also in their lives. She is inspired by her love of nature and also her back to basic philosophy. She is a holistic health coach an experienced entrepreneur and again, as I shared, she is a, a new author. So I would like to welcome Lacey to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Lacey. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm, I am as well. So can you tell the listeners and myself a little bit more about the motivation to write your story and uh, what that experience was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think in the book, even I talk a little bit about how it was kind of something that I just couldn't not write because um, I work with a lot of folks and help them build businesses of their own. In my in my entrepreneurial endeavors, I one of them is coaching others and helping them grow their businesses. And um, when I was training them, one of the things that I was trained to teach people is that they needed to um, really develop their committedness and their um, their capability. And that was really what you needed to succeed. Um, and I noticed over the years of training people and myself included, um, that there were there was a hole in that plan and that there was, uh, even though a lot of people were coming to me and they were committed and they were capable, they were not getting where they wanted to go. And so just observing successful people, I saw, oh, there's a, there's a little more, there's a couple more C's actually. So um, creativity and confidence are two more C's that I think are really fundamental pieces of the equation for success and and not just success but um satisfying success the success that you feel connected to and um and authentic and, and abundant and all of those things so um once I sort of had that revelation and I started training on it it kind of became one of those things that I have to write this down so that more people can have this information and use it to sort of measure their own businesses and and grow them the way that they really want to. So that's, that's what, that's what happened. <laughs> awesome. And who would you say the book for, and who would you say specifically is your target market for this book? Well, the majority of the people that I work with are women, um, women specifically with children, often women who have been trying or wanted to do something for a really long time and just haven't found a way to make it happen or haven't taken the steps or haven't felt confident to do it. Um, the feedback that I get from people who hear this training or read this book is, um, is that, yeah, wow, why, what am I waiting for? Who, who am I waiting to tell me that I can go do this thing that I have on my heart to do? So um, anyone that's just looking for a boost and also some fr a framework, because it really is a workbook um, okay. and has exercises and challenges in it to um, you know, put pen to paper, put, you know, a plan in, in action and that kind of thing so that it's um, really going to move you forward, not just not just read and feel good, but um, take steps in the right direction. Great. Sounds like a, a workbook I need to get. So thank you so much for putting that out there for the world. I'm sure that, um, you know, there are a lot of people who will benefit from that. And in line with uh, being a business owner, a lot of our listeners are either current or aspiring business owners. So can you tell us a little bit more about that journey and maybe recommendations? 
recommendations uh, for others who are looking to go into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of us have a little a little flicker of entrepreneurialism in us a little bit. You know, we're all a little bit like, well, what would I do if I was going to work for myself? Um, and that's one of the things in the book. We really kind of help people iron out, like, what are your passions? What are the things that you want to do? And how can you turn those into a business? And um, I think when you mix learning and constant growth in with your business, it makes all the difference. Because the second that your business becomes kind of old hat or like just boring and repetitive, um, the less life it will have and the less passion you'll feel in it. So um, just continue to keep growing and um, evolving and letting your business do the same thing with you. Um, sometimes I think we get stuck in the, well, what was working before kind of mode or what's working for other people mode. And um, the truth is, you know, a good business is going to develop and grow just like we do. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. And what are some of the things that you did that made your journey um, easier for you? Well, there's a secret in that it's not easy. <laughs> um, no, it's hard. Um, anything that's good is hard, right? right. Childbirth is hard. Childbearing is hard. But, you know, I have four kids because, you know, it was worth it, right? And right. marriage is hard and relationships are hard. Um, but those are the things that are the most fulfilling. So I think just being willing to accept the hard, not as a sign that you should stop and turn around, but as a, as a sign that you're headed in the right direction. Um, not to say, I mean, I, I have a, I can reap the fruits of the hard work earlier in my career now in new ways, but there's now another challenge, right? And another thing that I need to work on and a new way that I need to push through and climb over and, you know, hurdles are a part of the journey. So um, I would encourage people actually to look for what challenges them and go in that direction. So, right. yeah. yeah. And I agree with that. So for all of our listeners, entrepreneurship is not a walk in the park. So <laughs> no. be ready to get your hands dirty. But like she said, there's always, um, you know, positives and there's always rewards to putting in the hard work. So don't be discouraged by that. So for you during your writing journey, what was the, or your, your publishing journey, what was your favorite and least favorite part of um, getting your book out there and preparing your book to be published? So my, I'll, I'll share what I didn't like the first, the first bit. So I wrote the book, right? It was like, okay, I have this idea for a book. I wrote the book. That part was really actually fairly easy. And um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the editing process. I enjoyed the part where, you know, I was fixing it, making it better and trying to refine it. Um, I did not like the details. <laughs> I don't like knowing, you know, getting an ISBN number and all the things because a self-published author generally has to figure all those things out, especially the first time, you know, it's like all these nitpicky details that you have to iron out. Um, and I'm not as good at those little things, right? I'm a little bit better at big picture stuff. So I love the big picture and pulling the big picture and I love the end result too, but I, um, doing all the details in between is not my favorite. So the little, um, you know, just figuring out how do I publish it? Who is the publisher I'm going to use? Like, all of those little details, setting up a web page, all of that. Um, but one element I actually loved about writing the book is the support in the community because there's so many self-published authors out there and they are so open and willing to share and help and guide you through all of those steps. And I just was blown away by how much people were like, oh, I'm so excited you're writing a book and let me help you and I will you know, show you the ropes and answer your questions and all of that. So. Um, that was actually really neat to just kind of discover this whole different community um, of support. And so what resources did you use to find the publishers or 
Um, yeah, so what resources did you use to find your publisher? Well, I talked to a lot of different people and there were a lot of options. You know, there's a lot of options in terms of like <clears throat> um, sort of self-publishing through other um, publishers options like packages and stuff that they sell. And at first I thought that might be the route that I would take, but in the end, um, it seemed like marketing was always going to fall on us. And so some of those nitpicky things, um, I could just kind of do a little searching around and I found some really great Facebook groups, um, and communities that helped a ton answer specific questions. Um, I met some authors in my sort of social um, circle and, and I reached out to them and they were really helpful and helping me find, you know, websites online that were, um, for formatting or um, the one that I wanted to use as the, the actual printer of our book. Um, I asked around for some advice and um, I opted out of you know the Amazon option and um, there are a couple others and we went with Lulu Express. I was really excited about their company and you know Google obviously has a lot of answers but connecting with one or two people individually and getting their feedback can just really help you hone in on what's important to you about your publishing journey and that kind of thing. And, um, that probably was the biggest and most valuable thing. So um, look in either of these Facebook groups and find um, an, an individual, maybe even in your genre or maybe outside your genre or whatever, and, um, and try to connect, you know. You'll be surprised how many people have published books when you start talking about, oh, I'm going to publish a book. And people are like, oh, I have written three or four books. You know, it's really, it's really crazy, but very cool. Yes, I also recommend Facebook. That's a, a great start for um, our new and new and current writers and also aspiring writers. So definitely join Facebook to um, connect with other people. Um, that's definitely the first thing that um, I did when I wrote my book. So I agree with that. So I know you mentioned the editing process as well. Is that something you did yourself? No. So I have a... Um a friend, I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things, you can't see what you can't see, right? Like if I didn't get it right, then it's because I can't, you know, I read it and I know what I meant. Um, so I think getting a third or a second and third pair of eyes can be really, really important for helping you know, okay, what your reader is gonna understand and, and be able to process. So um, I had a friend that's really great at editing. So she kind of did a first um, run through and then I found another um, editor that I didn't know at all because I wanted somebody who was sort of outside of my, um, my circle that didn't know my voice, that didn't understand my jokes, you know, and um, and that was really good too because she just was able to read through and be like, I'm not sure I know what you're trying to say here, you know, and that was really helpful a lot. Um, it fixed it fixed it and made it nice and neat and I think um, digestible by almost anyone. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. I know some authors um, are afraid to work with editors. Um, they feel like their voice is going to be removed or they don't know what to expect. So I'm glad that there are so many authors who understand the value of editing and how important it is. Yes. And for you, while you were writing your book, did you find it exhausting or did you find it energizing? Writing the book itself was definitely, I think the whole process was energizing. A lot of it, because it's so new for me, everything was kind of like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, it was an all a new experience. Um, there were there were some nitpicky things about formatting and that kind of thing that were a little exhausting for me, you know, like, okay, the book is done. And now we're here three months out, still trying to iron out these details. And um, that was a little bit frustrating, but Overall, it still was such a good learning experience that I think, you know, next book will be even smoother and easier. And, um, and you know, now I have that knowledge that I can help other people with too, which is exciting for me. That's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. and glad that you can share that um, with our listeners who might be a little bit nervous about the process. Yeah. 
So um, thanks again. So do you have plans to write other books or do you have, is this gonna be like a sequel or what is the plan of moving forward? That is a really good question. I don't know. My <laughs> husband has been telling me for years I need to write a book. And I was like, you know, I don't know what to write about. I don't know that I feel compelled to write a book. And then when this idea, you know, of writing this book and this getting this out on the page came to me, I was like, yeah, no, I just have to do it. It was like, I couldn't stop myself really. And um, if another idea comes along or some more information, maybe that fits with this or whatever, I, I definitely am feeling more now that um, I had no idea I mean, you just use the word energizing, how energizing it would be to kind of put my words on the page. So um, I don't know. I'm definitely feeling more interested in writing another book now than yeah. I have, but um, I no plans for it at the moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes it, it comes to you um, out of nowhere. So you'll probably get a, a flash and then next thing you know, you will have, you know, a, a continuation or a brand new book. So while you were writing, did you face writer's block? And if you did, um, how did you overcome it? You know, I think like what we were just talking about, I think sort of through my life, I've kind of blogged a little bit here and there. And, you know, we write our newsletter and, and that kind of thing. Um, I do on the regular feel like, well, I don't even know what to talk about. You know, I don't know what to say. Um, and this book was definitely not that for me. For me, this book, I wrote it in like a week and it was done and it was good and it was ready to go because it was so pertinent. And I had done trainings on it. So a lot of the work was kind of already there and just um, at the surface. But um, I do know the feeling of like, well, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what ideas, you know, how, how to even get it started. And I will say that just um, putting pen to paper a lot of times, um, there are a lot of really great writing prompts out there and, and folks doing that kind of work to help people um, just write. And that helps me a ton because it really does um, just drum up stuff, you know, it just drums up like interesting things, whether it's total fiction or whether it's pieces of your life, just doing the act of writing can, um, can stimulate something and that creativity that um, it's like any blank page is just so intimidating, but just start, you know, making it happen and um, something will come out and you may hate it, but that's okay, because then something else will come out and you just keep moving forward. And who are some of the authors or writers that inspire you or that you look up to? Well, when it comes to nonfiction in particular, which is what I've spent a lot, especially when it comes to entrepreneurialism reading, um, Elizabeth Gilbert is one of my absolute favorites. And um, she just writes about creativity. She writes uh, fiction as well, but everything she writes, I just, I feel really like it's just an easy read for me. I, I feel like I know her and like we're friends and Brene Brown is the same. And those two are just so inspirational and motivational and, and help me remind myself that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect and nothing has to be perfect. It just has to be, you know, a piece of you. And, and the more vulnerable that you are and the more willing you are to share yourself and your story, the better off you'll be. Um, I'm sure that I'm forgetting something major, um, but I love a lot of the old classics. Um, like Charles Dickens is one of my favorites and some of that old historical fiction. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. I get, I, I, I homeschool four children. So we read a lot of random books. You know, I just finished Charlotte's web and that one's never <laughs> bad. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. I know you mentioned historical fiction uh, for myself and also for our readers. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? I've heard the genre more recently, but not too familiar with what that entails. 
Yeah, so historical fiction just takes a, a time, a period of time in history. It could be like World War II, or it could be the Civil War, or Civil Rights Movement, or something. And it, um, and it takes maybe a um, that setting and develops a story in that setting. Okay. Um, there's lots and lots of them, particularly for young adults. Um, I think there's a growing amount of them for adults as well. Um, but they can be a really great way to for for my children to learn about that time period in a way that kind of settles in instead of just learning the facts and dates and those kinds of things you learn you know what did it feel like to be in that that time and um what was the experience of this this um person in that time and you know it, it just can be a really beautiful way to sort of get the full understanding of um of what was happening in any, any specific era so it's like a a real setting with fictional characters yeah generally okay yeah. Okay. And do you have recommendations for our listeners who may want to, to read that genre? Ooh, let's think here. Um, well, Karen Hess um, is a really good example. She writes several um, different, and it's H-E-S-S-E, -S -S -E, so I might be saying it wrong. Hess or Hesse is a really good option for, for historical fiction. Um, I should have looked at my list ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I I'm trying to scroll through. E.B. White is another example. He is he wrote Charlotte's Web. He he writes a lot of children's books, but they're often set, you know, on a farm in a certain time period or whatever. Um, even like Little House on the Prairie is historical fiction, even okay. though it's based somewhat in truth. It's still fictionalized because some of the stories are not exactly 100% true. Um, but yeah, that there's there's so much. If you um, just look for historical fiction book recommendations, you'll, you'll find tons and tons and tons. Okay. Um, one of the other um, topics that a lot of, of authors get hung up on is the book cover. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you find your, how you found your graphic designer or your illustrator and recommendations for, for our listeners who are looking for a professional? That is a good question. So I actually did the artwork for my book because that's something I just love to do. It's just a, a thing that I enjoy. I was an art major for a little while. So that was sort of almost a piece of the, the story for me was kind of getting creative and, and tapping into that creativity that sometimes I put on the back burner. Um, so for me, I did that. But one thing that I did, I loved about doing that is um, I did it in Canva, which is a free resource that, you know, you can have the free version of Canva and, and kind of get started. And they have some templates, book cover templates. You can go in and sort of fool around and make your own. And then in the Facebook groups that I'm a part of, I would take the, the, um, the images that I created and share them in there and ask for feedback. Um, and that helped me so much get to the right place with it because, you know, the text was either too small or it wasn't as legible as it could have been and that kind of thing. So I would encourage you to, if you want to try your own, you can. Um, and then from there in those groups, a lot of times there are amazing resources and people who have worked with other artists or artists themselves. And so I would recommend you checking those places out um, and asking for, um, for feedback that way. But yeah, that was actually a fun piece of the journey for me, for sure. And tied into the cover, another, um, you know, struggle that some of our authors have is also choosing their title. So mm -hmm. how did you come up with your title and what do you recommend to, to that others? Was, that was a process. So um, that I belong here, when you read the book, you're like, oh yeah, that's a good title for it because you really do... Um, it's a piece of the story. Like the, the affirmation I belong here is an important element for me in my growth. 
um, just something that I would say again and again to myself. And so I was really connected to that title and it was on the, a list of titles that we had come up with. Um, my husband and I, my kids even were all kind of just like, well, maybe this, maybe this. Um, so we made a list of 10 and then I had a launch team and they voted um, and that helped me hone it in. And then actually my husband did some Facebook, Facebook, Facebook marketing with it and kind of targeted groups of people and saw which performed better. And I Belong Here performed far better than anyone, any of the other titles. I actually made several book covers and did that too. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was kind of like a, um, a hacking of the system, right? But um, it really helped. It helped us to know how would people interact with the different things and what would speak to people most. And that, and that went out. So, oh, um, that sounds like a really fun process. That's not something I've done, but it sounds like it, you know, was really helpful and you enjoyed it. So thank you for sharing that. So were you able to have a book signing for your book? I did a launch, a Zoom launch. Um, and anyone that came to that and purchased the book there, then I would send a, a sticker, book plate sticker, a mail it, mail it to them. And I hope to do it in the future in an in-person event. Um, but yeah, it just hasn't, I haven't figured out how to do that right now logistically, so. Okay, and can you share the details of your Zoom launch? Because of course we know with COVID, um, right. a lot of people have released books, but weren't able to have in-person, you know, events to celebrate that. So a lot of our listeners may want to do something virtual. So what was that process like? And what do you recommend for those who want to do a virtual book signing or a launch? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, just get as creative as you can. I don't think there's any right or wrong way at this point. You can, you can kind of do it any number of different ways, but Zoom has, was definitely the route that we took. And I just made a Zoom webinar event and um, there were people on my launch team. So I had about 40 people pre-read the book before it was actually available for purchase. Um, and that was in an effort to get reviews and feedback and that kind of thing. Um, and then a lot of those people came to the launch and several more um, because we advertised on Facebook a bit and in emails to our email list. Um, and there, I mean, I think you can kind of get creative in terms of, you know, have maybe have some giveaways and, um, a discount on your book available at the actual online event. Um, and I, I, and it was a really good, it was really great. So the people who had read it gave a lot of really good feedback live um, because I asked them to be on the launch team in advance. They knew that this date was coming up and then when it came, they were prepared to ask questions and to share what they got out of it. And that was really, really good for me to hear. And, um, and for the folks that, you know, hadn't read the book yet to hear from other people other than just me about what did they get from the book and, and um, why was it valuable for them. Um, so yeah, Zoom actually worked out really well. And Zoom with a webinar, you can actually make it look pretty nice too. So you can kind of upload your picture and put in your bio and, um, and then put the, you know, maybe the book cover as the image and everything. So you can um, really get make it look very professional. So, uh, and then we made a Eventbrite and a, a Facebook event as well. That's cool. And I know um, you also mentioned having people, you know, read the book before its launch. So what was that experience like working with beta, reader, beta readers? And for those who don't know who are listening, beta readers are those who are typically in your target market who will read your book before it's released and give you feedback. Um, but what were the benefits to that, do you believe? The encouragement. I mean, I think that, you know, when, when they read the book, they, 
they all were like, wow, this was really good, Lacey. I'm so glad you wrote this. And for me, that was huge because, you know, you think you have this great idea and you're like, not sure if it's going to speak to other people. And all the feedback I got was that, yeah, this was exactly what I want, what I needed to read right now, which is so interesting because, you know, I think they're doing me a favor by reading it. And then they're like, this is exactly what I needed right now. And, um, and that just, that means so much to me. I mean, everyone just wants to be helpful and useful. And so for folks to give me that kind of feedback was huge. And it kind of propelled me forward because in that time when they were reading just the PDF version, it was the time where I was like trying to figure out the formatting and, um, you know, doing kind of the nitpicky stuff that was not my favorite, but getting that feedback throughout all of that was, was really helpful and just inspiring that, you know, don't stop now. You're so close to the finish line, just get it out there, you know, make it available and accessible. And are there any other methods that you use to get testimonials besides, you know, getting feedback from beta readers? Because that's one of the other struggles that a lot of authors have is getting people to write reviews. So what recommendations do you have? That's a really good question. I, I am not experienced yet with that. I think um, one of the things I read yesterday in one of the groups was that giving people a chance to um, read your book for a discount is often can really help maybe um, just incentivizing them a little bit, you know, like I have a thank you gift for anybody who leaves me um, a review. The truth isn't that they don't want to leave a review. It's often that they just need to be reminded. So I think one of the other things is to just ask, you know, like really, um, it can be uncomfortable because you're like, they may hate it. And that's why they don't want to leave me a review. But usually it's more just about it's just not the top priority for people, you know? So just giving them a reminder is, and, and say, you know, I know this is a lot to ask, and um, but it would really help me out if you could just, you know, write me a few sentences about what you thought about the book. I think just asking is honestly probably the biggest deal. <laughs> yes, I can attest to that as a business owner. Um, a lot of the reviews and testimonials I've received, it's because I've followed up asking to asking them to leave a review so I had to send multiple emails um, just as a reminder so um, if you're looking you know to get more testimonials for your book uh, make sure that you're diligent about following up like she said people uh, you know they lose track of their emails they forget um, but if you keep um, keep at it then they'll get them to you um, and of course you can use those you know for your marketing so um, thank you for bringing that forward and telling us about that. So I know that you are both a mom and an entrepreneur and you talked a little bit about um, your kids being involved and like, the, you know, choosing the book cover and title, but um, what are you hoping that your children glean from you becoming an author and also a business owner? Mm, I love that question so much because it is such a struggle as a mom you know, the guilt of like, am I doing everything right? Am I doing everything wrong? Am I spending too much time on my own pursuit? Should I be focused more on their things? Um, it's a, just a constant battle as a, as a parent, I think. And um, for sure, I, what I see is as I accomplish or achieve anything, my kids' eyes light up and they say, wait, you, you did what? You wrote a book? what? And when they see it, the print book, they're like, I can't believe you wrote a book, you know? And I've, I've read some of it to them. And one of the most powerful experiences is um, our kids um, regularly share kind of presentations. We get, we sit around the table and they share their, because we homeschool, they, you know, just kind of do a little presentation for us on what they've been learning. Um, or maybe they read an essay or something that they wrote. And the one night, all the kids kind of read an essay and I was like, well, do you want me to read some of my book? And they all went, you wrote a book? Like they didn't even know that it had mm -hmm. happened. Um, 
And I said, yeah. So I read the intro, which was, a, it's a very emotional intro for me. It's a very, um, I get really raw about how I was feeling before I wrote the book and, um, and, and even the title that I belong here about what that, what that means to me and how sometimes I don't feel like I belong here. Um, and, um, and afterwards, after I couldn't even finish it, my oldest read it because I was crying. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my youngest daughter had just said, mom, sometimes I feel that way too. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a, it, that was for me, like if, if my, you know, nine-year-old daughter already has had these feelings, I am so glad I wrote them down and she knows that we all feel that way sometimes. Right. And that, that doesn't define who we are just because right. we have those feelings. But of course, you know, them watching us build a business and them, uh, you know, my husband and I do it together. Um, I think it just makes them realize how self-sufficient they, they can be and how, you know, everything they need to survive and to thrive is within them. And they, um, you know, life is just about learning how to drum that up. So, that that sounds very inspirational and I'm also glad that you you know developed the workbook and that uh, your daughter was able to connect and um, you know I'm sure they're very proud of you and, and glad to be a part of that process and in, in your family so you did say that it's very raw and personal to you so was this therapeutic for you to write the book as well Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because even in the midst after the book was written, um, I have a business coach and I would talk to her and I'd be complaining and she'd be like, all right, well, you just need to focus on like, you know, getting one piece of the book down, even though, you know, I mean, we're all going through a really weird time right now. And so I would let all of the weirdness in the world kind of just weigh me way down. And she's like, you know, you need to finish this project. And um, so in order to, you know, complete the assignment, I would go and I would pick up the book and I would reread a chapter to try to edit it. And, and I would reread it exactly what I needed to hear and be like, oh my goodness, what mm -hmm. I'm feeling, I've already been here before. And now I just need to do the same thing and get through it again. And, um, and I mean, that's kind of the story of life. It's nothing as new as nothing new under the sun. And so right. reading the book again and working on the project for me, even in the midst of, um, you know, it's funny how you can feel so good one day and then the next day you're kind of back to that, like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And, and it's really good for me now. I can like flip to a page and be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to get past this feeling. It's only temporary. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned your target market was women, but um, do you feel the workbook could be useful for um, children or young people or people who are still in high school? Or is it maybe too advanced for, for that uh, grade level or age level? That is such a good question. I hadn't really thought about it before, but I do feel like, you know, it's one of those things. I don't think it's too advanced. I think that um, it's one of those things where um, I, we don't probably spend enough time talking about what it takes in life to really be successful. You know, we're so busy passing tests and making sure that we've got our papers turned in, but we don't learn life skills that really do lead to abundance. And I think the earlier, probably the better. I mean, there's no reason any teenager couldn't read this and sort of start developing their own um, path towards their own self-sufficient entrepreneurial endeavor. So um, yeah, I think it could be really great guidance for somebody at that age. Now you've got me really excited. I'm like, let <laughs> me think about that. Because awesome. um, yeah, I mean, I wish that I'd read something like this earlier on because it's so much about saying, you know, look, you are different than everyone else. And that's what's 
so glorious about you, you know, like we, we all need to embrace our individuality and definitely for sure. High schoolers are probably not doing that enough. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, it sounds like it, it could be applicable. So that would be awesome. If, if a professor or teacher were to come across your, your book, um, what type of curriculum or what type of class do you think it will be best suited for? Yeah, probably a business, okay. probably a business class. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think that um, if there was somebody teaching business skills and concepts, um, they probably teach a lot about like the fundamentals of, you know, Excel and QuickBooks and that kind of thing. And this would just add that layer of, okay, so, but what really do you want to do? <laughs> you know, like what really um, unique and beautiful thing do you have to offer? Because when we tap into those skills that are uniquely ours, we unleash like superhuman things, you know? So, um, so I hope that's where it would be found. Yeah. Do you think you would explore this type of uh, publication for maybe boys and men, or could this, could your workbook also work for that group as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately it would be just, for, I mean, men could read it and, and get okay. it out of it for sure. I think it's just that my voice is definitely a woman's voice. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that a lot of times in the business world, it can be hard for men to listen to women. Yes. It's just a thing, right? Right, like, right. Um, I, I would love for it to cross into that realm too. And, to, and I think it would if people were open to it. But for some reason, I've noticed that myself, like there's a lot of women who write about business and mainly just women read those books. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of men who write about business and everyone reads those books. So I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think a man can read this for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I definitely agree, you know, about, you know, um, the different cultural, um, I don't know what word to use, the different way that, you know, we respond to each other and in, in our culture and who reads what. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for, you know, giving us a glimpse into the journey of your, you know, writing your first book, I Belong Here. And for those who would like to purchase the book, where would they be able to, to buy it? Um, it's, you can go to laceygrim.com, L-A-C-E-Y-G-R-I-M, one M at, dot uh, com. And it's there. And um, I would love for you to check it out. We have the first chapter is actually available for free. Oh, awesome. You can go and get that first chapter. And you actually, those four C's that I mentioned, you can take a quick quiz on the C4 and see where are your weaknesses and where, where do you need to kind of develop a little bit more? Um, because a lot of times we spend all this time developing and developing and developing in like a general sense. Yes. When we can really kind of hone in and specific, specify, you know, that specific need that we have, um, it, it makes all the difference. So, um, yeah. And are you also on social media in case some of our listeners want to follow you and know any updates you have coming? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. Um, I'm Lacey of Schoolhouse Farm. And then we also have, um, uh, we're on Facebook as the Schoolhouse Life. And um, what am I forgetting? I think that's it. Once you go there, we have a website too, just the schoolhouseoils.com or school, I'm sorry, the schoolhouselife.com. And um, we are, yeah, in all of those places and would love to connect with you. You can kind of see what we've got going on at the homestead and uh, with our other businesses and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, stay in touch.
Okay, thanks so much. I really appreciate uh, you being on the show, Lacey. Thanks again for telling us about your journey, your book, and all the recommendations and nuggets that you shared. Um, and thank you to all our listeners on Editor Knows Best. Again, the show airs every, every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, or even Spotify. And again, my name is Katyra Poland. I am the creator and hostess. Uh, thank you, everyone. Be safe and be well. Yeah, thanks, Katara. You're welcome. So 